Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and i got a good episode here to tackle with you guys today. So we got an email from this guy named Opie, and yes, that's his Florida redneck name, inspired by the Andy Griffith Show. He provided me a pretty succinct question here. I don't think this is going to be the longest podcast I've ever done, but nonetheless, it's pretty much to the point and uh, offers a good question that I don't know if I've really gotten before, so I'm ready to tackle that on this show here today. Now, the bourbon of choice, and this is a new bottle I got, and I'm on a bunch of different like Facebook groups for bourbon, and there's this one group, man, it's a bunch of degenerates, but <laughs> but nonetheless, though, I mean, they... They, they pretty much like hate on every bourbon that was ever created, but they keep raving about this one called Bell Mead, and I've never had it before. So I got the bottle. I got the Bell Mead Reserve Bourbon Small Batch. It's 108.3 proof and a 54.15% alcohol content. And let me tell you that the color on it's great. It's just a real rich color to it, and the taste is really unique. I mean, it, it is just, it's got a lot of depth to it. I, I think this is probably in like my top eight of favorite bourbons that I've tried, and Maybe not everybody agrees with me, but I just think this is such an excellent pour. You can taste that corn flavor at first, and then it finishes off with a nice peppery taste. Not too hot, and especially for like 108 proof. You'd think that thing would be through the roof in terms of hotness. It's not. It's just got a nice, subtle, peppery taste to it that that it finishes off with. So it's really good. On a scale of 0 to 10, I give it an 8.4. It's just a really solid pour. I don't think you're going to go any, go wrong with it. I think I only paid like 54 bucks for it. I mean... It, it's kind of high relative to some of the other ones out there, but to me, I think it was worth every dime that I spent. It's just a really good flavor and one that I'll go ahead and get again sometime in the future when I finish this bottle off. So let's get into Opie's email here. He says, hey, Ryan, my name is Opie. I just discovered your show a few weeks ago and I've been listening regularly to catch up on old episodes. Good job. That's one of the best things you can do is go back and listen to the old episodes because they are very rich in content. And it's not like a uh, news bulletin where it's only like relevant to the day that it, the news happened. This is evergreen stuff. This is stuff that will be applicable 10 years from now. And going back and listening to some of those old podcast episodes are really worth your time and effort to do so. He says, I really love the content so far, particularly how you open up to addressing listeners' questions. And yes, if you have questions, send them to Ryan at SharePlanner.com. And he says, in your specific focus on swing trading, since everyone else seems to be focused on day trading, which isn't very practical for someone working full time. I've been interested in a few years in the retirement accounts, but recently opened a brokerage account, not Robinhood, to try to make some supplemental income and have a few questions. Great. So this is a guy. He's pretty much just been a long-term investor for a long time. Now he's getting more into the swing trading. 
not really wanting to dive into the day trading, which I totally get. I'm not a day trader either. The only time that I really become a day trader is if I get stopped out the same day that I get into a stock or I get into a stock and it goes up like 10% and I'm starting to take partial profits off the table. So he asks me two questions. I won't get into the first one because really it's just sort of a self-promotion thing there if you know about one of my services. But the second one he says is about portfolio construction. It sounds like you typically have a few open swing trades at any given time and they are all short to midterm trades. Would it be beneficial to have some long-term investments whether stocks or ETFs, and a portfolio to hedge against short-term losses? Or would that just eat up trading capital and it would be better to leave the long-term plays for the retirement accounts? Thanks a lot. Appreciate what you are doing. Now, I, I think I'm not a financial advisor, but so I can only talk to you from my own personal experiences and not what what you would do for your own self. But for me, I don't like mixing, for instance, in my portfolios I don't want to have like one account where I'm doing long-term trading, short-term trading, mid-term trading, options trading, you know, where I just got tons of stuff going on in one account because that can kind of get it confusing. And two, there could be times where you have a long-term position in your account that you're expecting to do really well over the next five to 10 years, and maybe it's in a slump or something, but your swing trades are doing great. But those long-term trades are really making it look like you're not doing anything with your life. And so long-term trades don't need to be looked at every day. But if you have it in the same account as like a swing trade account, well, then it almost like mentally messes up your outlook on your overall trading because you're looking at your long-term positions every day where maybe you don't have to look at your long-term positions. If I was looking to hold Apple for the next 15 to 20 years, I wouldn't really be concerned about what Apple's doing on a day-to-day basis unless they're like declaring bankruptcy or something. And that doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. (laughs) So I like to keep all my accounts separate. So I like to have like a trading account, long-term account. And one of the things I've been trying to do a little bit more seriously is have a separate dividends account too. I've been trying to, there's a lot of good dividend stocks out there and you just got to kind of look for them. Uh, I've, I've built some of mine up in my own portfolio. There's some of your energy stocks and you got to be careful because not all high paying dividend stocks are good dividend stocks, for instance. I mean, you can get into some and then they cut the dividend in a couple of weeks because it just they can't sustain that high of a dividend. They've had a major pullback. There's a change in the operations of the company. They can't support that kind of a dividend anymore. But I really like your large cap dividend stocks that are paying you know somewhere around four or five percent or more. Or that's that's what I look for. Like for instance, one of the dividend stocks that are in my portfolio is AT and T, and I hate AT and T. I honestly cannot stand AT and T. I hate everything about them. Their customer service, I despise. Before calling AT&T customer service, I would rather go down a slide of razor blades into a pool of alcohol before I go call customer service at AT&T. It's literally the worst. But nonetheless, I mean, I think when I bought into their dividend, I think their dividend was like around 8%. I'm not even sure what it is right now. But it hasn't really done anything. But it's a long-term position. I'm just really in it for the 8%. So I think it's good to have separate accounts for your trading strategies because otherwise it kind of gets mixed up. It's like it's a potluck dinner or something like that where you just got everything blended in together. I don't necessarily like that. I don't want everything blended together in my accounts. I want long-term accounts. I want trading accounts. I also like to have my dividend accounts in a separate account from everything else because that's really like a an income generator rather than a long-term growth strategy or even a short-term growth strategy. So all of these things have different objectives. And when you start putting them all in the same account, those objectives start to get a little bit cloudy. For instance, on the dividend account, I don't really need to look at that every day because those are stocks that I'm just really interested in collecting a dividend off of. God knows you can't get it from the U.S. Treasuries anymore. But Opie asked an interesting question here. And he says, it sounds like you have a few open swing trades at any given time. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I think it's five or six swing trades that I have open. Now, 
that can also improve to like 12 or 13 swing trades that I have open. And sometimes when it gets to that level, they're usually just a bunch of partial positions. Like I may have a third in Apple. I may have a half position in Lowe's. I may have two thirds of a position in Shopify and a full position in Facebook. Okay, I'm just throwing random stock symbols out there. But when I get a lot of partial positions, it also opens up the door for me to open up new positions and others because there's a chunk of change because of those partial profit-taking opportunities that I took advantage of to where I can reapply that to new positions going forward as those opportunities arise. Speaking of opportunities too, check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That's the podcast website that connects to my patron account. With it, you're going to get my market updates each and every week, actually multiple times a week. And that's going to include the S&P 500, the Russell 2000, the NASDAQ 100, and you're going to get updates on all the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla. On top of that, you're getting my master watch list updates each week, both bearish and bullish stocks, and the daily setups each and every day that I'm watching. So check that out. I'm going to be giving you guys intriguing charts that I find interesting or something that you can take advantage of as well. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Now, one thing I would also say too is just because when you take partial positions in a trade, it doesn't mean that you need to go ahead and immediately reapply that capital to another trade. You don't have to do that at all. In fact, your trades are best taken when it becomes necessary and obvious, when these trade setups present themselves to you. Don't go thinking that, okay, I've got $1,000 that I just took profits on. I need to put this money somewhere else now. No, just leave it in cash until the opportunity presents itself. So often we were like, hey, just freed up $1,000 or $500 or $10,000. I need to put this on something. You don't have to put something on anything. You just leave it in cash until the right opportunity arises. I'm, I'm always sitting on some amount of cash. Very rarely do I ever max myself out in trades. I mean, it's got to be an incredible hot streak that I'm on in order to max out my entire portfolio. Otherwise, like what the reader says, I usually have like five or six positions in my portfolio and I'm constantly managing those positions, adding new ones, taking partial profits and others. Maybe I get stopped out in another. But for the purpose of this podcast, I focus primarily on swing trading. And you don't usually see me do too many episodes where I'm talking about long-term investing and dividend stocks and so forth. But I think what he talks about in this email is important because he talks about time frame. And time frames are important because it actually provides like another layer of diversification. You know, short-term profits, you're looking for profits somewhere in the next one to two months, sometimes in the next couple of days or weeks, depending on how the stock reacts. Well, long-term, this is really like your long-term, I believe in this kind of stock. The fundamentals are solid. They got a niche that they don't have a lot of competitors in or whatever. And so you create like a separate account for these long-term investments that you really don't have to manage on a day-to-day basis. You keep track of them. You like to see what they're doing, but you're not having to log into the account every day and, and raise the stop loss or whatever. That's why I like to keep those in a separate account. But they also provide you a different layer of diversification in the sense that we think a lot of times about diversification as being like, okay, portion in tech, a portion in utilities, a portion in staples, a portion in discretionary, a portion in energy. But really, you can have diversification across timeframes too, to where you have a long-term account, you have some dividend accounts. I mean, for instance, and this isn't even related to stocks, but you can get rental homes, right? I mean, you can get a rental home. You have a house that you're, you're living in. I'm living in a house right now that eventually I'm going to rent out. For so much of my life, I've basically just focused on, on trading, on share planner, doing the podcast and everything. I'm kind of ready to get into a new house, but I'm going to probably re-rent this current house that I'm sitting in, you know, because it provides a good value. And so all those things, what are they? You're kind of diversifying, not just against like different asset classes or different stocks, but you're also diversifying across timeframes. And you're also across timeframes in the way that you earn the income. Dividend income is totally different than trading income. 
totally different. So I don't see a, a long-term investment account like Opie asked here in this email. I don't see an investment account as a hedge against your trading account. I really just see it as more of like a diversification. And that's okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm always going to be a much better trader than I am a long-term investor or a person who identifies really good dividend stocks. That's not my that's not my niche. That's not anything that's ever going to be. I can get better at it over time, but I really feel like trading's my my go-to. So, most of my capital is in trading and most of my focus is on trading. And when I get into like a long-term stock, it's usually because the stock market has pulled back dramatically, like extremely big time, right? Kind of like what we saw in 2018, what we saw in 2009, 2020 with the pandemic. And you're looking at opportunities to buy stocks at unbelievable value to where, okay, maybe it drops a little bit more. And I'm talking about long-term here, not not trading. Trading is a whole other set or strategy, but I'm looking at it from the long-term here. And I'm always looking at the large cap stocks when there's major market downturns, because those are the ones that are most likely to recover. Those are the ones that are going to probably do the best on the way back up because they're the ones that are more reliable. They're the ones that have more capital to work with. They're the ones that have more security. Your small caps, there's a good chance that some of those will not make it out alive, just like what we saw in the Nasdaq.com bubble burst. But the large caps, especially like the FANG stocks, Apple, I mean, you get a 30% pullback. I mean, you got to buy that. You get any kind of a pullback like in Microsoft. I mean, that thing's been around since the ice age. So you those are the ones that I really like to buy on major, major pullbacks and then keep them in my portfolio long term. And that's the same with the dividend stocks, too. I'm not adding dividend stocks all the time. I'm not adding long term stocks all the time either. Very rarely do I do that, actually. Usually it's coming off of a massive downturn where the dividend yields are a lot higher in some of these individual plays. And I don't really think that there's a good chance that they're going to cut their dividend. So I go ahead and buy it and taking advantage of a market fluctuation. And as, as far as his question about, is it better to have it in stocks or ETFs? I, I think it's good. It, you know, if you're going to chase after the hot sectors, then that's more like your swing trading, right? Because one sector can be hot for another month and it can be a total dog the next month. It's very difficult to determine which sectors are going to be hot over the course of the next 10, 15 years if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective. However, if I'm looking to get into an ETF, I'm probably going to add some in the SPY, the QQQ. I'm not getting into ultras. Maybe it's a little bit of Russell, but not too much. But there's also some very like specific ETF plays that you can focus on. Like if you think cybersecurity is going to be big over the next 10 years, then maybe you buy an ETF in that or cannabis like MJ. Then you buy MJ. If you think there's like a specific sector that's going to be big, then yeah, capitalize on that. Take advantage of it. But in terms of like just sectors, because it's there's only 11 sectors out there, right? I mean, there's a good chance you're going to see a lot of rotation in and out over the course of like a 10 or 15 year period. But to wrap this up, yes, it's good to have your different trading strategies in different portfolios. You don't want your swing trades mixed up with your day trades and you don't want your swing trades mixed up with your long-term accounts and you don't want your long-term accounts mixed up with your dividends. They should be all separate. And it's nice now, like I go on Thinkorswim and I can link all of my accounts to the software. And then I can basically go down through a drop down menu and just select which account I want to look at. So it's, it's really easy. It's not as hard as it seems. 
and having multiple time frames for your trades is also a different layer of diversification that a lot of people don't consider. I'm always going to be a trader. I'm always going to be a swing trader primarily. That's where I'm going to do my best at. But it doesn't mean that I completely ignore some long-term opportunities if they become very obvious to me following a huge market pullback. Right now, no way I'm going to buy anything for the long term. Everything's so overinflated. There's absolutely no way. If the market pulled back 15, 20, maybe 30%, yeah, I would. Definitely. And that's going to do it for today. If you have any questions, please make sure to send them to me, Ryan at SharePointer.com. If there is any way possible, I will put it on the show for you guys. So make sure to keep sending those emails to me. And if you could, do me the pleasure of leaving a good review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If it's Apple, make sure to leave a, a, a review. I mean, I know it takes a little bit of time, but it really does mean the world to me and continuing to produce these podcast episodes for you multiple times. So take care, do that for me, and God bless you all. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePointer's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at Brian at SharePointer.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.